0: Uh, I've been watching those old Kenny matches for my retrospect, and I can't tell you how much I miss crazy-eyed, like, I am very likely a psycho-slash-sociopath Kenny Omega, and I swear, when he comes back, I'm just gonna welcome him with open arms like a long-lost child, because, (laughs) because like that... (laughs) <laughs> yeah just like just every every time he has a match and he comes to the ring and i was just like this is why i fell in love with wrestling like this right here like i was re really reminded of why i'll always be a kenny omega fan meanwhile on this week's
1: aew he's just staring at an action figure of himself that does not
0: look like him being like it's me guys
1: <laughs> I'm like no it's not kenny it
0: don't look like you at all it's me kenny did you see the uh, the evil Uno tweet where he's like, I've been told that mine is twice the size of everyone else and has four additional points of articulation to show off my outstanding flexibility <laughs>
1: White Boys, show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, Scotty Moore.
0: Nothing else? Nope, that's really? it. <laughs> that's it? What? I'm, I'm, I'm shocked by your humility, the Dylan. I'm
1: dumbfounded by this utter display of incompetence, Blake Tanner. I've had two hot toddies tonight, so it's gonna be a real fun energy that the show has because I'm also a little sick.
0: And- Why am I the designated podcaster every time? <laughs>
1: Hey, you know what the funny thing is? You always have been, and you even are on podcasts that you're not a part of. <laughs> not only that, even if Dylan does drink, he's the designated podcaster, because he's a bit like Andre the Giant, where Dylan will come on. Yeah, I drank like five bottles of Old Forrester earlier. I'm fine. Do we want to do the show? or What the fuck? <laughs> How are you not dead? I'm good. I'm all right. Meanwhile, I get one drink in and I forget about everything we're talking about. I had so many things planned that I wanted
0: to talk about wrestling wise. I
1: cannot remember a single
0: goddamn thing. By the way, do we have, uh, for the day that we go to like Disney Springs, I want you to know that's the day we have to take an Uber. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, my boy. I know. I remember the past. (laughs) I remember things that happened those days. So anyways-
0: re- I, hadn't, I had not eaten properly that day. I feel like I got to prep this time. Yeah,
1: yeah. So anyways, wrestling happened, I guess.
0: How many- she- We always do this on the one where we missed a week. We're always just like, yeah, person. Oh, that's right, wrestling. That's right. Uh, Shayna Baszler's now a vampire. Um, what the Drew- fuck? Drew Galloway just kicks people's heads off for fun. Oh dude. Uh Samoa Joe hurt himself filming a commercial. Oh yeah. And Randy Orton killed a man. Again. <laughs> Randy Orton legitimately killed a man. Killed him twice. <laughs> so where do we want Killed him so well one week that they made the decision they wanted him to die a second time. It was like if you made a sequel to Passion of the Christ. <laughs>
1: Passion so- two. What do we want to, do we want to start with the fact that Drew Gallo, or I'm sorry, what the fuck, Drew McIntyre quickly became one of the biggest babyfaces WWE ever had in the span of like two weeks? Because he- It was really, it
0: was already there. So the week where he started doing the one, two, three, and then claymoring people, that's when you knew he was turning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was getting crowd interaction. Because he was already getting people behind him because they let him do actual promos. And he was getting across as, like, I'm a sexy Scottish man. Also, uh... Destroy you, gimmick.
1: Well, he's such a fun dude that having him br- be the brooding Scotsman for, like, three years, it works to an extent, but it's even better when he comes out on fucking the VIP lounge. He's like, oh, I'm the sexy Scotsman, then kicks off MVP's head, and
0: then just starts doing fake dunks in the middle of the ring. And I'm like... Oh. The, the bit where he just walked through the velvet, like, just kicked the velvet rope thing. Is like, Ugh. Sorry, brother, that was an action
1: (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love how he just makes it work. Like, he's gone from the, like, he started out as just this intimidating fucker who kicks your head off to just floundering into nothingness. And now he's just the coolest dude. He's so fucking cool. I don't even care, man. And he's laying into the sexy Scotsman gimmick. He'll full-on, like, Shawn Michaels rip his coat off in the middle of the ring. And I'm like, I can get behind this. I don't even care. I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah, I'm there, man. But- By the way, do you know what's not not sexy? Uh, watching somebody try to vampire kill Becky Lynch. <laughs> that, was not, that was not necessary in my life. Oh,
1: I like it because it was the ultimate. If anybody was like, oh, I called that this was going to happen. Because that's what I said. I was like, okay, this is the end of the Oscar-Becky feud. Shayna's going to come out, attack Becky, end of it. And WWE saw that and said, "Bet you don't think she's gonna fucking bite the shit out of her, though, because that's what she did."
0: It. By the way, can we can we all can, can we take a moment to uh, oh to talk about how this next elimination chamber for the women is like the least full of surprises ever? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh man, I wonder who's gonna win out of the people that are already in a main event, like a main event feud with Becky Lynch and these five other people I put in here. It's like, cause
1: if you think about last year, like the men's elimination chamber, we were all pretty, like we were there, we knew Brian was winning, but...
0: Then Kofi happened.
1: And then you're like, oh god, is he gonna do, are they gonna do it? Oh no, they're gonna do it at Mania, Yes!
0: But there's yeah. not a there's k- gonna be nothing. There's nothing like that for the women. And yeah, you there's know no it. Kofi in this situation. There's no Kofi in this situation. And let I actually wait. Is Kyrie in this? I didn't actually see who. was I think in Kyrie's it. in it? it. Yeah. Okay, if Kyrie doesn't do an insane elbow off one of the pods. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, see, here's that, what
0: the- that's all. That's all I want out of this match. I want Oscar backfist somebody so they fall down, and Kyrie just like. It's 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 like a I'm about it's like a last like a last hurrah salute before she jumps off that bitch and kills somebody. Kyrie's well, so good.
1: The issue was this: is the fact that everyone who gets into the ring will be bit by Shayna Baszler, who will eventually turn them to her dark vampire call. And then by the end, by the time the sixth person person enters, they've got the four vampires they have to fight, and then they have to fight the alpha
0: vampire that is Shayna Baszler. It's going to be a tough ordeal for them. Do we want to take? Do we want to take bets on if her freaking uh, Entourage makes it to the main roster? I don't think
1: so. I don't. I really... Unless they... Because they, they were technically the other two four horsewomen, right? Like,
0: Yeah, uh, the MMA four horsewomen. I,
1: yeah, because for a while I was like, when are they going to hire the other two? Oh, they already have, and they've just used, her, used them as Shayna's cronies. That's cool. I feel like the only time they'll get called up is if Ronda comes back and they do finally pull the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen match but other than that i think right now Shayna is just going to be full on the person who's gonna go on the main roster kick everyone's ass and probably be but, the one to dethrone becky
0: by the way i want i don't think she will um okay i
1: would you i've got a bet on bex but that's that's for a few weeks from now yeah
0: yeah, yeah that's, that's for our that's for-
1: drunken podcast before mania episode oh god <laughs> where we got to
0: Oh. Gotta, yeah, we have to make those picks shit-faced. That has to. Are we gonna... When are we gonna have to do that episode? We'll we're f- gonna have to do that the night you get here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so right. We're gonna have to get shit-faced, and then we're gonna have to sober up enough to go to Tampa the next day, and then come home and get shit-faced, and then do the same thing the next day for spring break, and then the next day... To, actually, we only have to go to Lakeland on, on Saturday... And then Sunday we just drink all day cuz WrestleMania. Yeah.
1: I'm so glad you know this schedule because like you guys just pointed like I want these tickets and I bought them <laughs> and I have no I I have no other standing in this. I just bought the tickets.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Thursday, Thursday's Bloodsport, Friday's Joey, Saturday is uh Supercard. Supercard and then Sunday is uh, WrestleMania. We're
1: gonna keep talking about this every single week, aren't we? Uh, also, we can say Shayna has joined the group of people that Sexy Chucky e. T hates, because she also got to say shit
0: on television this week. It's okay. Orange Cassidy only saved Trent in that battle <laughs> royal, and then Trent and then Trent hugged Matt Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, well, fuck me then, huh? <laughs> Just... yeah.
1: Well, My favorite is someone on Twitter tweeted Shayna. I don't mind if you pull something like this, but my kids were watching, and if you aren't going to keep it PG, you should say so. At which point, Shayna just had a back fist ready and was like, or you could be a father and tell them that I am a terrible person and they shouldn't like me for that, or that they'll get grounded and their tablets taken away if they ever do that, because I don't give a crap about your kids, so I won't modify my behavior for them. Yeah, <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> She's doing good. such a good heel move, dude. Yeah. Shayna,
0: listen, Shayna Baszler was a terrible MMA fighter, but she is a great professional wrestler.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, Peppy little spitfuck Shayna Baszler. I mean, I love that every MMA character gets a gimmick of, I don't give a shit about your kids. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Riddle might give a shit about your kids if they have weed.
1: Oh, man, Matt Matt Riddle loves me, finally. <laughs> uh. Also, Matt Riddle and Randy Orton, begrudging respect. I loved that tweet so much. It was after the Weights win, yeah. so I guess the Weights are a thing now. Yes, and yeah. so and I'm so fucking happy. Did you see their vignette of them having to stow away on Triple H's private jet? Oh, it was so good. I loved it. I I hate it because it's making me enjoy Matt Riddle, but fuck, it's so good. I love it. Look, I'm at just, the point enjoy, it just yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoy
0: it for Pete. Done. Just enjoy it for Pete.
1: The fact that Pete is playing the perfect straight man, where he's just like, "I just want to break people's fingers. Can I please just break some fingers? That's all I want." My, my please. favorite,
0: my favorite was they were road tripping. Yeah, and like Matt was like, "You have to drive on the other side of the road. This isn't foggy old London times. Like, I'm not even from London."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! He's like,
0: then he does it again. He's like, "Listen, I'll do whatever you say. Just never do that voice again." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Which he would probably say to the three of us right now. Yeah, Uh, whatever. Speaking of TakeOver, by the way, fucking Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai are stone-cold killers. I don't know what it is about long-standing rivalries starting between best friends, but they beat the fuck out of each other worse than anyone in existence, because those two went at it for that show. That's why... I think that's one of the most important things in wrestling.
0: If you build a good friendship storyline,
1: those are the best fucking
0: matches. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think I forget, I forget who it was. It was on a podcast one time. But they were talking about, like, listen, if you're in a match with somebody, like, that's fine. If you're in a match with your, like, your friend, you will beat the shit out of them five times harder. Because um, you, know,
1: you know what they'll take, and you know what they'll give up.
0: Yeah, my my, uh, uh, my favorite being Jimmy uh, Jimmy Havoc. Whenever he did uh, Rockstar Spud, because I'll always call him that, uh, did his show for High Spots. Talked about his like, he he, he talked about like Zack Saber Junior has kicked me harder, like hit me harder and done more damage than I've gotten in actual fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you you know how old school guys talk about giving receipts and
1: stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. like that whenever they talk about giving someone a receipt it's like you know they didn't like each other with the rest of it with this now it's just like dude we're such good friends we can beat the shit out of each other it's not i know
0: you'll forgive me for this
1: it's not a normal receipt it's a cvs receipt that you're getting (laughs) in a match like this that's what
0: that's what gargano's giving champa yeah yeah
1: oh we'll get into that We'll get into that later now. Don't you worry about that.
0: Can we talk about how how great Finn Balor is? Is Finn Balor on here later? Finn Balor's great. Oh, <laughs> Finn, Finn Balor's was... the fucking tops, man. Also, <laughs> did... I, miss, I, I miss the prince. I missed him so much. Did
1: we just give up on not doing predictions for the last takeover? Because I forgot about it until and no, it we, happened. we didn't record. That's what it was. We yeah. didn't record for it.
0: We don't do every takeover. We just do every pay per view. Normally, takeovers are on the same weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Every big pay per view. Yeah. Well, hold
1: on. Screw it. Let's just do it right now. I think Dakota Kai is going to win that match. I think Finn Balor is going to go after Johnny Gargano. Um, I don't know, guys. It's going to be it's a it's a toss up for a lot of these. I don't know about these predictions.
0: You know what, Scotty? I'll, uh, I'm pretty sure all of us. I'm pretty sure all of us would have picked it the way it went. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a. Pretty... I think we might have been split on the main event. I think I think one of you might have picked the bald fucker, but I would have picked the bald f- fucker, no
1: doubt. That's where I was at the whole time. Even though the whole match, I was sitting there going, "This is just fucking the Johnny Gargano Adam Cole match from last year, where they do literally everything to murder Ciampa and he kicks out of all of it." Who but was they... it recently that sent out a tweet that was talking about it's like? Oh, it was Matthew from Boshamania. Yeah, yeah, and he said something along the lines of like, "You know what? I might be getting old,
0: but fuck, I can't stand just the matches where everyone kicks out of everything." And it's it's really hard to it's really hard to have energy at the end for the like the big fuckingator that they the hit. Fuck-inator. because i am just <laughs> because yeah,
1: no. it's right. I mean, I understand because this has been something we've been seeing, especially in WWE, for a long time. It's like it's it's NXT. Well, it's Gargano's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like, especially WWE. Like, they have to have finishers that end matches. And as long as you have that stipulation from a corporate level, all of your cool shit that you're doing is prolonging the inevitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm no, not- it... I feel like the ultimate multiple finisher kickout died during that John Cena rock rematch at Wrestlemania 29 where it was rock bottom he kicks out people's elbow reversed attitude adjustment kicks out fucking five knuckle shuffle but I played the game and like played one of the games where it takes you through that rivalry during that match many of the goals you have to hit are reverse finishers reverse finisher reverse finisher <laughs> and then end the match, and that's how it goes. I think, like, the, the last good time I had during a match like that was Adam Cole-Johnny Gargano, because it was my match of the year, but I can understand why people don't like the kickouts. Yeah, it, 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 that one got old for me, but uh, it was still a good fucking match, I'm not
0: gonna lie. I, I think it, it started with, like, what was it? It was Gargano's first, like, attempt at the title. Yeah. Uh, like, like that was... That was it because that had a lot of, or no, no, I think it was the one where he won it and he like kicked out of like 18 things. And then every Gargano match, he just did more and more. Yeah. And now everybody feels they have to. So when everyone is Gargano, no one is, is Gargano. Gargano. <laughs> yeah. And it's the thing, it's like, because
1: I love Gargano so much. Yeah. Johnny fucking wrestling man. But when everyone's doing his gimmick, it ain't his gimmick no more.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know who's not doing his gimmick? Balor. Oh, yeah. I, hold on. I Balor like, was one and done.
1: The The last thing about Gargano, and it's my favorite thing, is I think someone was watching it with their, like, grandmother or something and tweeted, You're gonna need a fucking shotgun to put this kid down. Nothing's gonna take him out otherwise. And I'm like, yeah, that's how he's been booked, basically.
0: So, uh, AEW been pretty good on the main show
1: oh well one last thing before that um wwe has possibly come out with who their undertaker opponent's gonna be for this year and i don't get it i'm sorry is it elias no that's cena they're trying to do they don't want none they don't want none yeah, there you go. It's uh, allegedly going to be the Phenom versus the Phenomenal One, AJ versus Undertaker,
0: and I'm like, I mean, I'll t- I'll take it. If there's if there's anybody you want working with the Undertaker at his advanced age, wouldn't you want one of the top five wrestlers currently? Like, and that's that's the they, general consensus
1: right now is that they want someone to get a good match out of Taker, and guess who can get a good match out of a
0: fucking Rock not <laughs> the rock but a rock though at this point maybe the rock yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Who, who knows it's been a while
0: huh I mean, I mean goldberg's wrestling the fiend for some fucking reason and hulk hogan sh- wants to get in on it Fuck. yes roll your eyes scotty uh, now you know how i feel i was
1: so excited because they just signed killer cross and then they're like goldberg's coming out i'm like i know it wouldn't happen but wouldn't you love goldberg going out for his entrance the pyro hits Killer Cross with Scarlet Bordeaux just suddenly beats the shit out of him. Amazing new entrance. Instead Goldberg's like, "Heard a lot about this fiend figure and I I got flashbacks to Kevin Owens versus uh, versus Goldberg." A couple of years back, and I was like, don't you fucking dare, WWE, I swear to God, don't do this. No, I think that, I think the Fiend is gonna kill Goldberg. I think that's gotta be, that's gotta then, be how this I, ends. And,
0: and then I get to watch the Fiends jackhammer people, and that's fucking great.
1: Oh, that would be such a great gimmick, is if, with every person he destroyed, he took their finishing, or took their finisher... I mean, he got the mandible claw that way. Well, yeah, but I—you don't see the fiend go into the top rope and kuda growling, motherfuckers, though. Which would he, he, be-
0: listen if he shotgun drop kicks somebody? I want you to eat your fucking words.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, all right.
1: So yeah, AEW fucking. Oh, hold on, it. really quick though.
0: I will say,
1: I fucking love the Seth Rollins segment. Which His- one? Uh, his profit segment this week. Oh, fuck. I don't, I, I spoiled on Seth. I wa- I need to, I've, I've developed a tolerance to Seth bullshittery where I don't care about it anymore. I can't wait for it to be over because I do genuinely love Seth, especially as a heel. I just, I gotta get I think- past the bullshit of last year. Yeah, his but- his Monday Night Messiah
0: stuff is helping with that. Where's Kevin Owens getting all of these allies? Like, he just spawns them. Where were these fuckers when Matt Hardy died?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know what? We all knew this was gonna happen at some point or another and also, he he did not renew his contract. He's gone. Let's just help Kev.
0: Yeah, no, but like, I know part of it's because Samoa Joe got hurt so they couldn't, like, they were like, oh, we need to put new people into this feud. But like, there had to be other people.
1: I don't know. I'm happy the Street Profits are getting, like, an important storyline, if nothing else. And my favorite part of the whole bit was after they take everybody out, Montez Ford starts doing the Ultimate Warrior thing and does not fucking stop. He's staring down the hard cam and will not stop until it finally cut to, uh, like, fucking replays of the match. That's because I want, that's, like, Montez's I, I really, thing, right? Like, he, he'll just fucking go.
0: Yeah. Did you ever watch the old, like, back when he was Kevin Steen, Kevin Steen versus uh, Nakamura?
1: No! Bash?
0: I watched, oh, fuck, that sounds amazing, though. Yeah, no, it's on their YouTube channel, but basically, uh, Nakamura goes for good vibrations, where he, like, does the whatever shake, like, when he's got his boot on somebody in the corner, and Kevin Owens, with the boot there, stands up, yeah. puts it down, and says, stop that. <laughs> And that's what I wanted to do for Montez Four was just grab one of his arms, look him in the eye and go, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best
1: thing about Kevin Steen on the indies was the fact that he was the wrestling anti-joke. Yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. was able to play a straight man so good that he put down everyone else's shtick to the point that it was so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about good vibrations, by the way, is after he turned heel, they just started calling it va- bad vibrations. They were like, <laughs> He's bad now, so that's not good vibration. It's my favorite shit in the world. Like, when uh, Daniel Bryan, like, full, went full-on no instead of yes. So the yes it kicks- they became the no lock. They beca- it became the no lock. Those became the no kicks. Like, I get it. It's part of the gimmick, but it's so fucking dumb. But I love it. Oh, man, there's a point. That, that reminds me, since I'm doing some research for my Bryan episode of Wrestling History X. Um, but... I want to get a point where we do a wrestling history all together where just like one of us has all the information and the other two just riff off of it. Oh no no, that's the plan. It's going to be it's going to be every four we rotate. So me, Dylan, you, then all three of us discuss a bigger topic and then it goes back to the top.
0: Oh fuck, I have to find a second one. I thought this was a one and done. Shit. I didn't plan ahead. <laughs> No, I don't it's... have anything else, guys. This was it. Uh, I had one love in life, and now it's over. I think WrestleMania is what we're going to do for our first, like, all three together, and
1: just talk about our favorite WrestleManias and talk about the cards. But anyways, AEW, let's finally talk about it, because they killed it God. this week. Yes.
0: Well, hold on, let's Cow- go. How Boy. Shit. <laughs>
1: What did his fucking, because they were facing the Lucha Bros this week, Adam, or, uh, Adam Page's card came up, and it was something in Spanish, and then it just How said, do you say yeehaw? <laughs> How do you say yeehaw, but it was in Spanish, I fucking loved it. But before. That th- match,
0: that match slapped so fucking hard. That match was great, um, let's go
1: back to last week, though, because we didn't. I really think the only thing to bring up is the Riho-Nyla match. Because I skimmed last week's episode. Watch a
0: small woman die.
1: Oh, and my favorite part about it is the psychology. Because Riho's thing is that she always tries to be clever and outwit. And, like, she usually will not- She has to.
0: Are you kidding me? She weighs the same as some wet paper towels. (laughs) So,
1: yeah, exactly. So that's the gimmick. Is she can't win with a finisher or by being vicious- that's all she tried to do the whole match. Like, she's hitting, like, the fucking, what, the, the Kenny suplex. I've already forgotten what it's called. Just, like. The that, dragon suplex? The dragon.
0: Snapdragon.
1: D- yeah, the Snapdragon suplex. She hits, like, three of them on Nyla. And I'm like, so this is why you lost. You didn't try to roll her up or anything. You tried to outpower the native beast. And it looked cool. But I, oh, I, I loved how it happened, too, because it was right after Nyla went to hit the one-winged angel on Rio, Rio gets out of it. Snapdragon. Snapdragon. It was a Snapdragon fucking party. It was amazing. Like, here's the thing. This is how I know that's a good match. Is I watched it today knowing the ending and having seen clips. Still a good match. Any wrestling match that you can rewatch knowing the ending and losing all of that anticipation of who's going to win, that's what makes it a good match. Is if you can rewatch it and still enjoy it. And that's how oh, the how that, was. That's how I
0: that's how I knew the tag match this week was good cuz I knew what happened. I only watched the last like 5 minutes they put up on their their channel and I was just like fucking amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and it was great to see Nyla improving as much as she has. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, because she's going beyond just, like, I'm a big scary beast, uh, like, having a little bit of charisma, having a little bit of swag to her. It's a whole lot better than what it Which was. Which is going to be
0: great, because she's going, now going to feud with Big Swole, and I'm so happy. And Statlander, it's both of them. It's part- I know, it's going to be Swole first, because they couldn't just take the belt off of Nyla right away. Like, a couple people have to come, and then, like... St- like Statlander's the final boss that finally does it. Mm-hmm. I want to see Statlander hit the fucking Big Bang Theory on Nyla Rose, because that's going to look fucking insane. Yeah.
1: But uh, going back to tag matches, I did not expect much out of a tag team battle royal, because I don't expect much of any battle royal, because the first five minutes is always,
0: there's just a lot of fucking people in the ring and I don't care but the jack evans jack evans jumping onto a pile of people who then fucking crowd surf him out of the ring (laughs) yeah yeah jack evans from the outside now Uh or if
1: you're a fan of jxt the fact that every battle royal match isn't a battle royal match oh yeah, yeah well my favorite was the fact that um oh shit what was it It was when Trent was first about to get eliminated and Orange Cassidy comes out from underneath the ring and catches Trent on his shoulders. Kraut, he's the hottest star in AEW and all he has to do is be him. Because if they put a belt on him, it'd make no sense. Just keep letting him do him right now and I don't think anyone would get tired of it. That's the best thing about Orange Cassidy is he just shows up. Yeah, exactly. Like they could be in the middle of another match with nobody else involved with him, and they just kick open a bathroom door, and he's. Or just they just chilling. reach under the
0: ring. They just reach under the ring for a ladder, and he's just on it for some reason. <laughs>
1: Oh, my, the best just when it was Trent and, ah, shit, who, I think it was one of the Dark Order guys, were fighting on the apron, going back and forth, and Orange Cassidy is just sitting there at ringside with his arms outstretched, ready to catch Trent if he fell, and then finally, once he realized Trent had it, his hands went up and into the pockets.
0: Yeah. No, that was, that was great. Uh, that match was good because, uh, fucking Sammy Guevara died for the ending of that match. He's- Uh, he's dead now he's squeaking from the afterlife he's he's gone well the
1: minute nick jackson got eliminated i was like are they gonna let matt pull like the iron man position and try to go to the because usually that's a nick role but instead they were like no matt's gonna do it and in the middle of doing it he's gonna decapitate sammy guevara
0: (laughs) sammy like went up for like a heading just, it was just the call of like Andy. Oh, it's dead. Between that and between that and fucking Kenny sniping Phoenix out of a like a fucking twisting uh, cross body. Oh yeah, that was oh fuck, that was too much. Kenny Kenny Omega and fucking headshotting Ray Phoenix with V triggers. Name a better name a better duo. Yeah. fucking amazing. <laughs> Between that one last night and the one I saw on fucking New Year's Day, where I thought he had legitimately killed a man, I didn't think that was like a. I didn't think that was a worked sound. I thought I thought Ray Phoenix had just died. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's so good. It's it's so good.
1: And then yeah, co- AEW continues to be our saving grace in twenty twenty. Oh, that in, that in New Japan. And then of course Cody died for our sins as well by hitting crossroads on Wardlow, who looks. A lot less intimidating out of a suit, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Hits it on Wardlow, looks, doesn't get the pin, looks at the top
0: of the cage. And I went, this motherfucker is not. And he did. And he did. And he he hit it this time. And Wardlow took all of that to try and save him. So, like, good on that man. Also, did you see he can jump, like, fucking five feet vertically? What? That's good. Yeah, he's got a ridiculous vertical. Like, his like, fucking, uh, like, MJF was just like, yeah, you want to mess with this, and he just, he got up there, and I was just like, well. Yeah. (laughs) That's impressive. But, yeah, I think... If he doesn't do that, and then immediately do a moonsault at some point in his career, that's a waste of talent.
1: I will say, Cody was my, like, sleeper baby face of the week, but what really, my real baby face deserved a little bit more, in my mind, but...
0: I don't know, man. Did you, did you see the promo he cut after? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what. That's the reason he was
1: almost there, because it's like, after everything went dark, he went out there to Atlanta, and he just expressed his love and care, and it was so fucking good. And just the quote of the night being, someone earlier tonight asked me if I was going to jump off the top of the cage, and I said, this is Atlanta! Of course I'm jumping off the top of that cage! <laughs>
0: Uh, he's addicted to doing that spot. I, I don't think he's, done, like, not done that spot in a cage match in the last, like, three years of his career. What was the
1: last? I'm trying to remember the last one because I remember the last time that spot happened, but I cannot remember from when.
0: Uh, There was, he did it in a match against Kurt Angle when he was on the Indies. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And he, and he bit nothing. Absolutely nothing. I, I think we talked about it on the Poole show because- was fucking empty
1: it became a fucking viral video i think of just like headlines saying cody rhodes is dead (laughs) cody's gone he just fucking face planted in the middle of this ring there were like there have been so many moments this year and last year where i've wondered is there a genetic predisposition to just bleeding all the time whenever you want to
0: yeah, and if the there Ro- is in the Rhodes family absolutely it is it's, the it's Rhodes genetic. family
1: 100% Dusty, Cody, Dustin if you tell them to bleed they'll do it and they'll love it mm-hmm. oh, oh shit we didn't talk about this from AEW either when Chris Jericho last week came out and was like hey Moxley fuck it we know you're probably gonna beat the guy you stabbed in the eye last week that's why we've got you an opponent for next week A man who's traveled the world and goes through this whole promo. And I'm sitting like, I don't know. Eh, Who could they have gotten? Maybe it's just some generic jobber they got. Jeff Cobb. And you can hear the audience. Because the audience has a moment of like, wait, who? And then that moment of, oh, fuck, Jeff Cobb. Oh, no. (laughs) Everyone in the audience at once goes, oh.
0: I was so excited until they explained that he was just doing it for like one program because he wants to work in New Japan more. Oh really? I didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, Cody offered him a deal, and he he wanted to work in uh, in Japan more. Everybody was like, "Why his matches were shit?" And I was like, "That's why he wants to work in Japan more." Yeah. He clearly noticed that there's a hole in his game, and that hole is matches where he can't just throw people the fuck around like dolls. Yeah. I do like this. He's got to work on his house fight skills. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Big men slapping meat. Big meaty men slapping meat. Because that's the thing, you can't just throw people around in Japan. You gotta hoss it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You gotta hoss the shit out of it.
1: All right. I do like the fact that they didn't let Moxley do his normal, just like come back, hit a. Uh, I guess this one wouldn't have been the pickup paradigm shift, but still not hit a paradigm shift and end it. It was instead. Okay, I gotta be clever. Quickly hook the leg, turn it into a cradle. Go for the pin. Get the pin really. Co- I like that. It was a. It was making sure that Moxley didn't wa- turn into like a one-note
0: character. It showed him being a lot more clever. Do we want to take bets on whether or not he uh he like oh, he comes out for his match? Jericho comes down like mocks him, and he just takes the eye patch off, and Jericho realizes he he has both eyes, and he's fucked.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, that's probably what's gonna happen. It's not as powerful as, like, when someone limps out to the ring and then throws away two crutches. That's a bit more powerful than just, I got both eyes. I I think it'll probably happen next week. It'll happen before... The program of, him, of Jericho coming out, trying to take out the eye again or something, and then Moxley revealing I got both eyes. I wouldn't do it on the show of, unless it was a very Undertaker, slowly removing of the eye patch moment. Although, it would be a really good moment, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in good news, Tama Tonga's moved on with his life, and that makes me very happy for him. Because You know what, it's really good after a bad breakup to just move on. Yeah, because... Especially with the person he broke up with. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Tama was asked about the Enzo situation when he joined the Wrestling Inc. Daily podcast. I was just as confused as you. The only difference was that I showed just how confused I was backstage to everybody and showed my frustrations. But I think we're good now. We've all smoothed it out. We're in a better place now, said Tonga. He added that there is a reason that Enzo is in the position he's in, and Tonga said he just needs to follow his gut and leave him alone. It was fun, I'm not gonna lie. I love going on social media and having fun, but now it's that time that I've gotta take myself seriously and move on. Which, oh, it's just ah, just a perfect backhand at the end of it. I need to be a grown-up now and stop dealing with your shit. That's such a good burn, though. Like, it's just like, uh, yeah, I had fun with this one, but I'm gonna just drop this side hustle and go for the gold. It's odd. It's like the Lego Batman movie where the Joker's trying to become Batman's villain throughout the entire thing. And then finally Batman's like, you're not my villain. I'm sorry, I don't care about you anymore. And Joker's like, what? No! I have a lot of villains that I... <laughs> I, I like to go between a lot of villains, actually. I'm not just a one villain kind of guy. You've got to really kill some people for that one. It's like, yeah. I, oh, you made Barbara Gordon paralyzed? I'm going to fuck you up now. I'm Batman. Yeah, that was in the Lego Batman movie, surprisingly. The Sea where the Joker.
0: Yeah, they put the whole killing joke in it, man. It was crazy. The, 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 naked, the naked Jim Gordon with, with, like, psycho midgets and everything.
1: <laughs> Compromised photos of Barbara Gordon? It's all there, baby. But you know who's all here in my heart? Who? All, okay. Who, who, <laughs> who, who. All of our patrons at patreon.com slash a BS. That's a website where you can go and you can support the Fight Boys and you get exclusive content like Wrestling History X like we were talking about earlier. Shows like You Paid For This where you can watch me and Blake watch terrible movies and commentate over them. We just did The Master of Disguise and... It's real fucking bad. I didn't think it would be this bad, Blake. There was a time where it really, it legitimately broke me. (laughs) Like, it broke me to a point that I was just screaming for a good couple minutes. Oh, no, no, no. The best part was editing it because I don't have the video to know what's going on. All I hear is our reactions. So it's complete silence and then just, He's a fucking (laughs) turtle! (laughs) Why? Why is this happening? No! (laughs) <laughs> and if you want access to that and get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week, like that absolute motherfucker Gazi and Eric Fulmer, the Patreon saints of Fight Boys, you can get it at patreon.com slash a load of BS. So, Dylan, who are we annoying?
0: No, we should we should really... Tiger Hattori retired yesterday. We should really tweet at him. He's, he's a good ref.
1: <sighs> no, yeah, you're right. But, man... This bit's becoming genuine, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't approve of every week us just being like, hey, we actually do very much appreciate everything Tiger Hattori did in his career. Um, I'm not seeing Tiger Hattori. I do see Tiger Woods. Can I just say, hey, Tiger Woods, thanks for all the good time.
0: Actually, no. Tweet at Red Shoes, because I know he has one, and just put, don't you dare fucking retire.
1: <laughs> oh, can you look up Red Shoes Twitter for me so I
0: can do this? You act like you don't have the phone in front of you.
1: No, I can't, but I am in the tweet world, so I can't actually look it up. You you,
0: you minimize that when you get on Google. Ah, oh, son you- of a
1: bitch. My phone's at 1%. You're about to fuck this whole thing. Oh, okay, red shoes. Probably shouldn't just look up the words red shoes. Yep, that's a bunch of red shoes. I don't red know what shoes I- uno. Okay. Uh, and first thing that comes up is his Instagram,
0: so I don't know if he's got, like, model status or anything, but... By the way, Blake, why are you wearing a brawny man outfit? Did you come from a party? Yeah, you know, not really super absorbent. <sighs> That's just Blake's aesthetic, I don't know how... I, uh, Dylan, I am the
1: man on the planet, I know I didn't start with that, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I almost want you to, I almost want to buy you WWE Access... Just so you can go to, uh, to Daniel Bryan and be like, we have to settle this.
1: <laughs> Come now. I did not know that Shooter
0: was Red Shoes' son. Yeah. Holy I shit. Fucking, I told both of you sh- fuckers this at the beginning of the G1. That's You know so what, I forgot about it. That's so good. Why do I tell you people
1: anything? No, it's the new- that's during Dylan's New Japan Corner, where I go over here and just sample whiskey the whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. But I do know that we're about to talk about some heels and baby faces of the week. Do we want to start with the good guys or the bad guys this week? I want to start with the good guys. Oh, I was like, that's not a fucking answer, Blake. You just clapped. That wasn't anything. I had- I had a mouthful of drank. 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 Drink. Um, because it'll probably be quick, like most of my baby face and heels. Yeah. But, um, last week, it was on Valentine's Day, actually, looking at the tweet. Um, and you know, this was shortly after Nyla Rose had won the championship, and, like, she had been celebrated by AEW and all this shit. But, as you can guess, there's a lot of shitty people
0: that are fans of wrestling.
1: Hello, ladies.
0: A lot of shitty people. Except for those guys. <laughs> um,
1: but Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, my boy. Yeah. Yeah. Tweeted out on Valentine's Day, sick of this transphobia crap. My son is trans and it saddens me to see so many hateful people on the attack. Get over yourselves and S-T-F-U hashtag keep stepping, Yeah. Dustin motherfucking Rhodes who has had one of the craziest like career pathways in all of professional wrestlings where he started out as being like a dog whistle for trans or for um LGBTQ phobia like he played the person that everyone was afraid because they were afraid he would fucking kiss him or something yeah and he's coming out he's talking about his trans son and he is fighting the good fight. Dustin fucking Rhodes and he can still go. Yep. Uh Cody also responded to fuck it, let's just say Valvenus who was being an asshole and Cody was straight up like He was being
0: he was being a dick, all right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so he just goes, I mean, he's never going to work for us or anyone adjacent to AEW, so I don't care what he has to say. Like it's just Cody going off about like Val, he literally is like, Val Venus is kind of like the disco inferno of WWE, and at that point, I had to peel myself off of the ceiling, because I jumped up from laughing so hard. Oh, because with Cody, that's like, that's family, man, that's your nephew, and you, I think the Rhodes are a really good family, and they really understand just, like, a lot of different points of view, and they, they fucking get it, all of them. Well, Speaking of people calling out shitty people for doing shitty things, my baby face of the week did something similar, and that is former WWE Divas Champion Eve Torres, who I liked Eve. I really did like Eve during her tenure. She's now gone on. She's married to which Gracie is she married to? One of the, like, famous judo Gracies, and she also is, like, big into judo and MMA. She tweeted out, Happy President's Day! This is gonna be good. I look forward to having a president who doesn't grope or objectify women. I have taken pictures with thousands of men at military bases, at WWE events and signings, and very few have grabbed me and pulled me in as forcefully as the president did without knowing me. Of course, at the time, I believed it was my job to be eye candy in a photo for this supposed billionaire and play along. It's actually hard for me to see the photo because it reminds me of my beliefs about my worth at the time. Swipe to see what I mean, and then She tweeted a picture of just this absolute douchebag. And, um, it is the gropiest grope I ever did see grope. As he's holding on to Eve, and I, I can't tell who that is from here. But here's where it gets good. This is where it gets juicy. Because Eve also teaches, like, judo and MMA techniques. So... It's a picture of Eve now. Picture of Eve getting groped by a disgusting orange. Then the last one is a video teaching women how to not get groped. It's so fucking choice. It's Eve being like, like, if you want them to hug, accept the hug. If you want a handshake, hold out the hand forcefully and demand it. If they keep going, hand on chest. Go in for the side, like, of multiple different techniques. And I was like, this is beautiful. I love this so much. That's so good, Eve. That also reminds me of a tweet Nyla Rose put out right after she won the championship. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, so I heard I could get invited to the White House now. (laughs) You gonna do that? Oh, uh, in chat. Ghazi, I, b- I believe that's Gazzy says his baby face of the week is effie because the he put out a big gay brunch psa where he uh, said yeah. if anybody we will homophobic- beat you
0: in the street until you bleed out <laughs> if you say anything racist sexist homophobic or misogynist and he said this while wearing a studded pink leather jacket
1: oh yeah effie ain't nothing to fuck with effie's terrifying i'm not gonna lie also, that was uh, Tiny Taker Boy. Thank you, Tiny Taker Boy. That's Gauzy. He's being his tiny boy persona because he does weird coughings online. It's fun. <laughs> Gauzy, you can't do this to me. We call him Tiny Boy all the time, Blake. It's fine. He's not. He is a tiny boy, actually.
0: <laughs> all right, Dylan. On to you. What's your? Who was very good for you this week? Uh AEW Dark was fucking outstanding. Uh yeah. No. Let's I, I, let's, I didn't. let's let's run through some of the great matches. Uh 2 weeks ago, uh everything was was pretty good. The best friends were on it. That was great. Jimmy Havoc came back. Jimmy Havoc also uh got a segment on uh the Road 2 series, which has been really good actually. Yeah. Uh check that out when you can. But uh I don't know if you ever went and saw any of Jimmy Havoc's old stuff he did for Progress Uh, years and years ago. But he had one where he had basically fucking Dextered some dude in this house, like, plastic wrap everywhere. He had, like, the Progress title. He basically, basically he was in a room with that. There was clearly blood on his shirt from somewhere. He just had, like, box cutters and mallets and fucking, like, all of that shit. And yeah. I was like, ah, thank you. And his last words were he talking about, like, I will take your heart out of your chest and I hope you suffer. <laughs> oh, shit. And, like, I was just like, oh, they're doing it. And then he beat their shit out of Sunny Kiss. And that was good. He, he tap out, too. Didn't fucking acid rainmaker straight tap out. Oh, damn. Um, oh, yeah, dude. Like, it was so good. Yesterday was a No, there was a Sheeta match. She did great. There was a Riho match against. Uh, some four ten Japanese Joshi wrestler, Nakashima. Oh, it was it was amazing. She's known as the. Uh, it translates to the four uh, ten kaiju, so the four ten monster. Oh fuck, that's choice. yeah, yeah that chick, that chick from uh, Fight for the Fallen.
1: Oh okay, okay, okay. Uh,
0: yeah, 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 and that was a that was a really good match. And then this week happened where fucking Statlander. Adamash, I miss Statlander so much. It's mm-hmm. so so good. She's such a fucking powerhouse. Like she oh, just yeah. ran through the former LAX chick, and then Big Swole, uh, who like I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Big Swole. I'm so glad she's on like main TV now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Because
0: because just the, the swagger reminds me of this friend I have like down here, and I was just like, no, I I've I've seen this energy before. This energy is amazing. Uh, and then the main event for yesterday was, was the Young Bucks, and that was, that was whatever. Um, cause like, you know, it was QT Marshall and all that, but it was just, it was just so good. Everything about that, there was one more match and I can't fucking remember. It's gonna fucking haunt me. Oh, uh, the Lucha Bros, or no, uh, Jungle Express faced the Dark Order. That oh, was fucking rad. Yeah. Like, that. Yeah, dude. Every match that happens on Dark now is great. Like, if you are they're like, tonight, th- like, this week on Dark, this match, you're just like, well, I have to watch that. They don't have bad matches. Like, it just doesn't happen. Peter Avalon was in a match, and I was invested.
1: <laughs> like, the more, there are certain people, or groups that are, like, they can put on phenomenal matches with anybody. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, they put them all on dark for AEW because i think that will help with ratings and with viewership and it's like that's why that's why aj styles is going to be undertaker's opponent because he'll get a good match out of anybody yeah like, yeah like yeah. those are the people that you want being your workhorses and i oh by the way statlander had a match against shanna on this week's AEW and the best spot in the entire match is Shanna boops, or uh, Statlander boops Shanna. Shanna boops her back, and now they're booping back and forth as the crowd's going, Yay! Boo! Yay! Boo! Boop! Boop, 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 until finally Shanna had to hit the elbow to end it. That was good. And uh, bringing up Havoc actually also reminded me of the fact that they are already making Darby Allen an absolute badass when the fucking entire
0: Darby, arena... Darby Allen was was a Darby Allen was a badass when he fucking came out with a goddamn body bag for Cody.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was good. But this week, where they basically undertaker him, like whole arena went dark, then went even darker which even commentary was like how did it get darker that's not possible all the lights shut off and then you hear that and crowd goes insane as darby allen comes down to the ring and helps him clear house it was a fu- it was a pop from me it was a pop
0: from everybody it was a very good moment oh sorry uh by the way, back, back to dark uh taz is commentary that's fucking great oh, yeah. like it's like, TNA soured me on Taz on commentary so badly, but him with Excalibur is excellent. Like, yeah. he has such a genuine reaction to everything. Also, the best... My favorite match of those two weeks. Uh Hybrid 2 versus The Best Friends. Because the Hybrid 2... The Hybrid 2 are underrated. Like, because there's just... There's just too much fucking talent. And, like, they're, like, kind of the jobber team. But Angelico is a great heel. And Jack Evans... It is has the most punchable midget face you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. Um yeah. And and the shitty thing is he backs it up by being so fucking good at everything. <laughs>
1: I was, Jack Evans was in some weird, like, AAA video game, and I was scrolling through entrances to see the Jack Evans entrance, and I was like, that doesn't look like Jack, because the character models were terrible, so I'm like, that's not Jack, that's not, then a guy comes out, and just starts fucking doing, like, spin roonies and breakdancing, I'm like, oh, there's Jack, that's where he's been this whole time. Uh actually Cody d- the same interview where he talked shit on uh on Val Venus they asked him who the most underrated performer they have he goes I hate that term but Jack Evans uh, 100% Jack Evans is an amazing ball of talent. And I agree. I fucking dude love some Jack Evans.
0: That's why that's why like like I was like oh man I hope they really get a chance to like do character work of some sort cuz like yeah, that's Jack the only- Evans is just Jack Evans just has natural charisma and like and Helico just there in his bodysuit and they're just like who's this dude with like almost a full morph suit. Yeah. And that's the only issue I have with them right now is it's a full
1: on like who are they? They're just a bunch of neon green dudes who are really
0: talented. That's all I know. Oh, it's the Green Boys. Yeah. That's why I liked them when they were with uh, Kip Sabian and they were just the uh, the super bad hybrids. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. like that. Could have been a minor group. They 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 need more of those. They need minor factions where it's just like, hey, like we team together, and then you could have like minor
1: factions come together, or a minor faction get absorbed into a bigger one and form alliances. Like, yeah, I, I do like that a lot. Um, oh. Also, speaking of Taz, they did bring out Taz for commentary on the Jeff Cobb match, which is the most logical pairing of anything in the entire world. Bring out the human suplex machine to look at this big-ass hoss who throws people around, and Taz the whole time. He's calling out moves that Cobb was not doing. Like, Cobb (laughs) Cobb grabbed him in a full Nelson, and Taz was like, oh, he was going for the double underhook suplex. Like, this long-ass suplex title, but he dodged it at the last minute. And I was like, Taz, this is so good. I, I Taz is a very good commentator. Yes, and but, I think that that's the thing. Like, once Taz is like Randy Orton, once he turns it on, he turns it on. Yeah, yeah. But you gotta wait for it.
0: Yeah. But speaking that's of part that, of why, that's why part of Dark is so good. Yeah. But speaking of that
1: diabolical heel, Randy Orton, let's get into our heels of the week, and I'll start because mine's mine's simple, and it's Johnny fucking Gargano. Because here's what I wanted, and I know I can never get what I want in the world of pro wrestling, because it's pro wrestling. I want Champa win title, then Gargano come out and basically say, let's go have the match we never got to have once you got injured, me versus you for the title at Tampa. And that would have been it. And it would have been like, you could have like fun DIY back and forths. So you could have teased heel turns the whole time, but it was always a match of respect. Nope, Johnny Gargano, the biggest babyface in the entire galaxy, just decided to fucking whack Champa in the dome piece and then walk away and be like, well, we did it once with me as the babyface, you as the heel. Let's reverse the roles in a way that will probably not work.
0: Well, here's the thing, is that I'm pretty sure that Johnny can still remain babyface because all he has to do is, is like, look at Champa and go, you really thought I'd forgive you? yeah. It like ha- legitimately Champa just beat the shit out of him for three solid months he's like you think we're just do- i'm just gonna water under the bridge that because you showed up on some crutches
1: yeah somebody on twitter straight up said that they're like johnny arano did not just turn heel he just turned true baby face <laughs> like the most intelligent baby face yeah exactly uh, I think other people were like, well, he did it because he knows he could never beat Ciampa, but he thinks he could still over... He knows he could beat Cole for the title, and that's the reason why he did it, and stuff like that. But I'm still like, ah, but you lowered the stakes of the eventual match, because I will never... No, no, no,
0: it's its, it's going to be a loser leaves.
1: Oh, that's right, because didn't Ciampa come out and say something like neither of us can be here at the exact same time anymore or something like that
0: yeah, yeah. they're gonna send jo- johnny to the main roster because champa can't do do the schedule because of his injury
1: oh yeah yeah. like he's
0: legitimate said the travel will kill him or like the bumps his neck won't be able to take it
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. so send johnny up I hope they bring Johnny up as babyface, though. I hope this—that's how this is going to end. I think that no matter what, he will—he's going to become the new face. Shorty G. Yeah, yeah, he'll—he'll yeah. he'll be there very soon after because he has to be a babyface. Yeah, I—he's—he's he's full on like Ricky Steamboat, Kofi Kingston, almost impossible to ever consider him anything other than a babyface. Like that heel run he had was so—it it happened and it was cool. We got to see heel DIY. But other than that, I didn't really care for him that much. So on to my heel. Well, hold on. Ghazi does have a good theory as well. He says he did it because he remembers how Champa was when he had Goldie, and he didn't want his best
0: friend to be like that again. Yeah, I agree with I that. I can understand that, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I reject that theory because Ghazi came up with it.
1: Okay. <laughs> Um. Actually, I've read ahead. Can Dylan go next? Because I no. Dylan needs to go last. No. <laughs> because my heel of the week is dumb fucker Baron Corbin. What did he do now? Actually, can I just say Baron Corbin got over with me for the first time in existence? Because I found. I, it was either on Instagram or YouTube, a video of Baron Corbin teaching people how to make steak while sipping a very good expensive whiskey. And I'm like, fuck, we'd be cool, wouldn't we? Damn you, it. You'd only care about the whiskey because, like, I don't care for the way he makes steak. So. <laughs> um, is that, why, is that why he's the heel of the week for you, is the steak? I can toss it on top of that. But um, Baron Corbin did say, People need to realize that he, and he's talking about Dave Meltzer. Yeah. Is a cancer to the entire wrestling industry, not just WWE. He inspires hatred to anything and everything he doesn't like or agree with. For example, I may not like a band, and that's fine, but what separates us is I don't have the continually, the con, the continually bat, the continually bash them online to work, or work to get others to hate them as well. Do you want to take a second run at this one, <laughs> Yeah. What separates us is I don't have to continually bash them online, or work to get others to hate them as well. I don't have time or energy to be that negative of a person. And what I have to say to that is, you don't listen to his fucking podcast, do you, bud? No, he doesn't. He's damn right. That Meltzer's a cancer. Hell, all he does is say negative things about this fucking business. Meanwhile, I'm over here trying to save it while these motherfuckers killing And I'm telling you right now, I agree with Big Baron Corbin. I'm going to be his new manager. Hey, Jim, sit the fuck down. All right, I'll be over here. <laughs> okay, eating, good. <laughs> eating a fucking well-done steak. Well fucking done, dude! <laughs> like, what the fuck? What kind of animal are you? I would only feed...
0: We, we firmly, or we politely, yet firmly, ask them to leave.
1: <laughs> yeah! I don't. I punch them in the face. You effie them. And then I burn their head to it's well done and see how it is.
0: Um, That escalated quickly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it did. Um, You don't don't... like
0: Baron Corbin? No, we can can move on before you, like, blow a capillary. No, Uh
1: I'm good now. I just don't like that his take on it is that somebody who's just, like, reporting what he hears and talking on a podcast where he's a pretty firm judge of everything. And it's not like he's the most... Brian Alvarez is so much more opinionated than Meltzer is. 100%. Like, most of the bad things that I see people talking about Meltzer on, it's like you do know that brian said that right yeah exactly and it's like Meltzer just likes wrestling and he likes to talk about it just like all of us yeah you can't call him out as the one like the one pivot point that makes someone hate a wrestler or not or whatever baron you're just not in a good place right now in your booking and i understand that but you can't take it out I would not argue that. I think Mel- Baron's in a very good place in his booking. He is the top heel of SmackDown, 110%. He's not the good heel, though. Well, I mean, that's the point. <laughs> that's what a heel is. Also, no, no, no. Uh, there's a good heel that makes you, like Shannon Baszler. Baszler, I think, is a really good heel. Corbin is just like, uh. No, I've, I've slowly come to love Baron as a heel, strictly as a heel and not as a steak man or a whiskey brother but as a heel he's the best person in this company at getting heat as evidenced by the fact that we're currently all here like fucking baron you absolute piece of human trash now like, see this is the point though where we get past
0: like i don't i don't think about him at all
1: <laughs> see that's why i think dylan is the best judge of this because like When I see someone calling out another person for something that's, like, just, like, tangibly wrong...
0: Yeah. Then that just means they're miss or ill-informed, and that they're likely, in the case of Baron Corbin, as he has shown for his entire career, (laughs) incredibly opinionated and stubborn. Thus meaning that anything he says, good or bad, can easily be dismissed as bullshit.
1: Um. You know what? Dylan said it better than I could. Fuck Baron Corbin. Oh, also uh, Gazi's heel of the week is now Dylan after his atrocious comments made against him. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so Dylan. Bring it on, you emo motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I'ma sit down. Hey, Dylan, what's your heel?
0: Oh, I just did that to troll you because you, uh, you asked for those Universal Hollywood tickets and then bitched. Uh... My Heel of the Week is actually... Hold on. I didn't just bitch. I didn't fucking go. I straight up looked
1: went, I'm not gonna waste this good ticket on this.
0: <sighs> We're leaving you at home when Blake and I go to Universal.
1: That's so cool.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, my Heel of the Week is actually WWE for, uh, like, writing a check I know they can't cash regarding WrestleMania. Because uh, currently they have, like... Three or four good matches, like like coming down the pipe. They got the Shayna Becky, they got the the Drew Brock. I'm even looking forward to the Roman like Fiend match. Charlotte like going to Charlotte Rhea. Charlotte Rhea, yeah, exactly. They have all these matches, and like on paper they look good. And then I remember every WrestleMania in the last three years. Yeah, and I remember how over seven hours. Nothing is good. Yeah. Nothing at all. And like, I know that that's what's going to happen. There, it's seven hours, yet there's never good pacing for any match. You'd think given that much time, they could fucking pull it off, but by God, no. Like yeah. last year, last year it looked really good on paper, didn't it? Yeah. And yeah. Then. How'd that go? How'd that go outside <laughs> of the Kofi match? You remember any other match on that card except the main event because they fucked up the ending? Do you remember? Do you? Do, no, you don't. You don't. Because it was seven fucking hours. It ended the next goddamn day.
1: (laughs) I legitimately don't remember it.
0: Did you see where they had to edit
1: a Becky segment? For, like, one of their 24s they did. Because they did WrestleMania 35-24, so it was the full day. And they had already done one on Becky during that exact same day. And in that one, she's like, I don't know, they said it'll probably end at, like, 1 in the morning. I'm just kidding, it's not gonna go that long. And then later, in the other one, they put in a completely different clip where she says, oh, no, I'm going to go off at, like, uh 10 or 11, probably, basically trying to say, no, we didn't know the show was going to go that long at all. No, nah, you fucking did. You did. Don't lie to me, WWE.
0: Oh, yeah. I want you to know I'll probably end up going to bed uh, before WrestleMania <laughs> ends that night. I got work the next day. I'm not fucking... yeah. We gotta catch a flight. <laughs> like, like that's, the, that's the thing. I know we're all gonna be drinking, and we'll probably get, like, four matches in, and then it's just gonna be like, nah. I'm, nah, fam, I'ma head out. I'ma gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head out. Just there go. will be a point where it pans
1: over to me in the night with, like, half a glass of whiskey in my hand, and I will be asleep on whatever couch I'm on. Oh no, part of me was like, why don't we do like a live watch with the Fight Boys watching WrestleMania, and then I went, no, cause we'll give up.
0: We will stop halfway through this shit. <laughs> we will, we will get there, we'll get there, and we're just, like, on the, uh, we'll just be like, tap, tap, <laughs> made it seven <laughs> in, made it seven in, personal best, personal we, best. We all pass out on the couch, like, seven
1: hours into the stream, is over, Dylan's roommate just walks in the room, like, what the fuck's going on? Why are you all dead?
0: I made it to the point where they made Lacey Evans the SmackDown champion and then I just <laughs> threw in the towel. I had my I had my manager throw in the towel for me. I was unresponsive.
1: The year was nineteen sixty nine. The US was in a race to the moon against the USSR. What they didn't expect, however, was to find their real enemies not waiting in Russia, but instead on the very moon they were aiming for. Fifty years later and our world is still at siege from enemies beyond our stars. And that's where the Space Marines come into play. And let me tell you something, I'm one of the best. The name's Dane Armstrong, the world's greatest Space Marine and the man who's come to save your asses. Not really, Join the BS Network as they head straight into the stars for Deviant, an audio drama featuring action, adventure, space piracy, and karaoke. Hop aboard and fly with us into the stars every other Sunday on this Deviant. So boys, we've talked WWE, we've talked AEW, we've talked about a lot of pro wrestling, but there's one pro wrestling organization we've yet to go to, and that is the JWF. So I suggest we turn things over to Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. date, it's Captain Tibbs! I actually do, but I never let anybody know what it really is. That's all right, Tibbs, and we are firmly on our way to the expiration date pay-per-view, where we are going to have some amazing matches. Announced last week, the VWO, the team of the Hammer Man and Justin and Griffin Clouds are going to be taking on the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, and a man who is, who's coming out of retirement, Spider, the Longhorn Lockhart. And, Tibbs, I know you've got a history with Spider. How do you respond to this this momentous announcement? Well, Sills, as you know, it's hard for somebody to keep out of retirement once so they decide to go into it. Uh, case in point, this guy right here. But also, Spider Lockhart can go eat his own asshole. He's well, an asshole. Well, well all, all right then, Tibbs. But in addition to that, Matt, we are also going to have the vicious expiration chamber match where six men enter that demonic hellacious structure of your own machinations and they are fighting for the biggest prize in the business the jwf world heavyweight championship and we already know the world heavyweight champion momoa curry is going to be in this match we know that funky flossy the funk man rat boy connor Guy Fiat, we've got so many amazing names announced for it, Tibbs, but in tonight's main event, we're going to find out who will be the sixth man as Felix Ball takes on Blake Tanner in a match that's going to be absolutely not missed, Tibbs. Can't wait to see it, Sills. Let's see what happens. Uh-huh, but right now, coming down to the ring right now are the team that I just talked about, the VWO, the Cloud Clan course we know they've had a long history in the jwf one of the i mean when you think of the jwf tag team championships it's almost synonymous with the vwo but of course they lost those titles in a texas street fight at the regal rumble to the wild-eyed southern boys and Tims let me tell you something they do not look happy as they come down to the ring no not at all silza i love it when teams make big declarations against the other one. Oh, yeah That's right, and they are in the ring right now, and they might have some response to their match at expiration date. And, of course, about Spider Lockhart coming out of retirement. Let's have a listen. Six months. Barely half a year has passed since Spider Lockhart has decided to hang up his boots and retire from the sport of professional wrestling. And I think it's an honorable thing, honestly. I mean, this thing... Wrestling isn't a hard thing to step away from, but Spider has made hey, hey, the right and Gr- true. Gri Griff, yeah, um, yeah, Griff, he's not actually... What the fuck? Yeah, no, no, like, it, he's, he's coming out to face us. Like, he's gonna be in the third man in the match. God damn it. Okay, hold on. Well, it has just been revealed to me that apparently Spider Lockhart is coming out of retirement to face us. Awesome. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, right. Cool. Nice. Neat. So basically, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys are so terrified of us taking back those titles that they have decided to bring in a ringer, if you could even call it that, to fight us. They thought that there was no way that the VWO could survive a JWF legend like Spider Lockhart. Really, that's great. Of course, 100%. But, here's the issue. You might be bringing a legend, but we're bringing a goddamn Hammer Man. And it's really, really, just truly cute how you three like to parade around and talk about your brotherhood that you've all formed together how great you became with drinking buddies going out and all that but here's the thing there is no bond in this world that is stronger than blood and we've bled and sweat and cried in this ring more than you could possibly imagine So you might have one legend coming to face us at the Exploration Chamber. But we've got three full-fledged legends. We've got the legend of the most powerful pro wrestling family in existence. Three brothers who banded together to prove that this company, that we are the best. The legend of the v So you know what Southern Boys, you bring everyone that you want, you pull every single person out of retirement that you can think of, and it won't matter because you took something that belongs to us, and we're gonna get it back, and we're gonna put Spider Lockhart back into retirement. So that he can't come out of it. Well, the Tim's strong words there from Griffin Clouds, and it looks like the VWO are focused and ready ahead of this match. And let me tell you something, I gotta agree with Griffin. I mean, the Wild Eyed Southern Boys might have brought in Spider Lockhart for this match, but the VWO has brought in the Hammerman, a former JWF Tag Team Champion, former JWF Captain Champion. I mean, the Hammerman's legacy, it, it, it writes itself. I gotta think the Southern boys have gotta be scared ahead of this match. I love so himself is the best thing ever. I just can't, I just can't with the hammer man. He's gonna be the the hammer of a generation, honestly. He's gonna be the hammer that defines us all. And he's gonna be the hammer that could win this match for the VW. Well, that's right Tibbs. And let me tell you something right now. That's gonna be an amazing match that can only be found on the expiration date pay-per-view coming out in just a few short weeks. But in addition to that, there is, of course, as we mentioned before, the expiration chamber match. Multiple men have become legends because of this match. They have went into that match, and they have come out heroes in the eyes of the JWF universe. But it's, of course, destroyed men's careers. The expiration chamber match, it's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, tips, tell me about it. All right, Sills. Two people start, and the other four are in these big old pods filled with non-inherent gases like argon, and they can barely breathe. Every few minutes, another person is released at the very height of their full adrenaline rush, to where they want nothing more than to survive. Uh- Tibbs you never you never told us about the Argon in the the pods before Tibbs can't breathe in the pods Silves alright Tibbs well let me tell you something one man who's certainly looking to make a legacy as he enters this match is the man known as Funky Flossy a huge standout in our developmental territory JXT he came to the main roster just a few short months ago, but he has made a huge splash. The kids love him. Huge fan of the Funk Master himself. Tibbs, what do you think about Funky Flossy? You know, I really like him, Sylvs. I think that he connects with a certain aspect of our audience that just like wants to see his high-flying, high-energy moves, and he can really use them to effect. And I think that in the expiration chamber, where you can climb, where you can jump, where you can fight like that is a really good place for him to prove himself. All right, Tims, but we have actually sent one of our top interviewers backstage with Funky Flossy to hear his thoughts ahead of what this might be a career-making match. Let's have a listen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Honeypot Mick Sadboy here tonight with the man who is about to take his first trip into the Exploration Chamber in just a few short weeks. For the opportunity to win the JWF World Heavyweight Championship, it is a man known as Funky Flossy. Now, Funky, I have to know, what does this opportunity mean to you? Oh, let me tell you something, baby. Oh, Funky Flossy. Funky just came into this company a few months ago, and he's been searching all over for one thing, and one thing only, an opera. An opportunity to get into the ring and show everybody what he's truly made of. Because it ain't all baby oil and bass guitars here for the old funk man. No, it's about proving to everyone in the locker room and to everyone in the JWF universe that I am one of the best, baby. And I'm willing to go through that devilish, hellacious, dangerous structure known as the expiration chamber to prove it. And become your next J. W. Oh no, it's kind of time, baby. Uh, I'm very sorry. It looks like our interview has been interrupted by one of Flossie's opponents in that match. That man is known as Ratboy Connor. Oh yeah, you know that's right, big man. It's the KO, double in oh wow. And I'm here to tell Funky Flossy a truth that no one's had the balls to tell him until today. When it comes to the expiration chamber match, when it comes to facing off against five, I said five, five of the most dangerous superstars of the JWF, I gotta let you know right now, Funk Man, you won't win. You won't even make it five minutes because you are not a star! You're not famous like the Rat Boy Connor is! You aren't big and strong like the Rat Boy Connor is! And I don't have a drinking problem like the Rat Boy does? I'm, I'm sorry, what, what did you just say to me, you little cretin? Oh, oh, no, no, no. I ain't repeating myself, baby. If those little ratty ears of yourself couldn't couldn't pick up what the funk man was laying down, that's not my fault. But you know something, Connor? I'm happy you are. I, I'm happy you're here. I really am. Because you're right. I might not walk out of the expiration chamber with the JWF championship over my head. I may not walk out of that PPV holding championship gold. But I will be kicking your ass all across that cage and making sure you're the first one to be eliminated. Because there are a lot of men in that match that certainly deserve that opportunity, baby. And I guess you're you're just what was left over. Oh, Oh my god, Tim, strong words from Funky Flossie straight out of the gate. I mean, a lot of times the rat boy, Connor, he's got that big personality. He's more than likely to run over someone like that in a promo situation. But Funky seems to be holding his own. What do you think? I don't know, Sills. It's like Twitter in real life. Uh, well i mean i guess you are right it was it was a lot of tweet storming going on between these two but of course that's going to get a little bit more physical when they get into the expiration chamber match but it's now time to determine who the sixth man in that match is going to be but tibbs going back to last week let's not forget there are some bigger stakes in this match than, than just the concept of if you're in it or not, especially for Blake Tanner, one-third of the dynasty. Last week, Scotty Moore, the leader of the dynasty, he came out and he said to Blake that he needed to win this match this week. Otherwise, there may be some very severe repercussions for Blake Tanner. And, and Tibbs, I got to know, what do you think's going on there with the dynasty? It's, it's pretty cut and dry here. This is Blake Tanner's last chance with the dynasty. I, I mean, this is the one where... He needs to know if he's going to fish or cut bait. This is the time that he has been mandated by Scotty Moore of the Dynasty. Win or you lose. And I'm talking about much more than just the match, Sills, if you know what I mean. That's right, and we can see sitting at ringside is the Dylan, one of Blake's confidants in the dynasty under strict orders by Scotty to ensure Blake's victory at any cost. Meanwhile, in the corner of Felix Ball is the Lumberjack, that massive seven-foot Redwood who has won more matches for Felix Ball than I think Felix has himself. And uh, Tibbs, I gotta say, I know you've got a personal vendetta against Felix Ball after what happened between him and your son Chuck Tibbs just a few short weeks ago at the Regal Rumble. Sills, I've had a personal vendetta against Felix fucking Ball for decades now. And this is just one in a long list of transgressions. Then it's just adding on to Tibbs' shit list. That's right. Unfortunately, as we announced last week, Chuck Tibbs, after that violent beatdown at the hands of Felix Ball, out for eight to ten months. And let me tell you something, that sort of a defeat, that sort of wrecking of a man, if you will, has definitely got to up the ego of Felix the Wrecking Ball. But oh my God, Blake Tanner starting off with a big dropkick trying to take the wrecking ball down, but Felix stays on his feet. The Canadian one, the densest man on the planet, staying on his feet. Blake trying for one of those patented European uppercuts, but Felix once again shaking it off. And you can see the aggravation, the anger growing in the eyes of Blake Tanner as he bounces off the ropes. But, oh, my God, Tim's Felix just pouncing, shoulder-tackling Blake into the corner. It looks like the boy flew 10 feet, Tim's. Oh, that's right. So Felix Ball is standing his ground against what was once known as the silver bullet of the dynasty, Blake Tanner. That's right, and things don't seem to be going well for that silver bullet. But wait a minute, the Dylan, the Dylan, getting up and distracting our faithful referee Shibata as Felix walks over to Blake. But oh, Blake Tanner with a big upper dicker, that low blow finishing move that Dylan is known for. Blake taking it for his own, sending Felix falling to his knees. And let me tell you something, that might be one of the most vicious under or uh, the vicious upper dickers I've ever seen. That's good, Sills. He got a real handful on that one. That's right, Blake looking smug. The Lumberjack attempting to pull the Dylan's distracting technique, but Dylan not having any of it, rushing around and taking out the Lumberjack, giving him a huge powerbomb, sending him spine first in the barricade. The Dynasty are looking ready for victory right now, Tibbs. 100% Sills. This is the position you want to be in in a match that's got so much riding on it. That's right, Blake. Looking a little bit cocky, backing up, getting ready to deliver that Blake out stop to the skull of Felix Ball, but no! Felix ducks underneath, rolls up Tanner, rolls up Blake, goes for the pin. One, two. Oh, Blake barely kicking it out. You got to think, Tibbs, that is going to be playing into the psyche of Blake Tanner just how quickly it could have ended just like that. I mean, at the end of this, you got to think he's not just fighting for that expiration chamber opportunity, he's fighting for his friendship, his fi- family. He's fighting for the dynasty right now. That's right, Sills. It takes a lot of motivation to move a big man like Felix Ball off you like that. That's right. Now, Felix back up to his feet, grabbing. Blake Tanner pulling back up to pulling the man known as the B up to his feet and oh a vicious STO sending him to the mat and Felix now just beginning to pick apart the body of Blake Tanner much like he did to Chuck at the Regal Rumble and you gotta think this is a dangerous place for Blake to be in 100% still once Felix has his horrible Canadian hands on you it's hard to get away from it he's just gonna tear you apart with it uh-huh and now Felix grabbing that limp body of the man known as the B trying to pick him up could be going for that gravity well that move that won him the JWF captain's championship but wait a minute the Dillon the Dillon's up on the apron once again distracting Felix ball the Dillon proving to be one of the biggest ad- ad- advantages that Blake has in this match now Blake is getting back up to his feet as Felix is jaw with the lord of the smart side but oh my god Blake went for the big drop kick, but Felix Ball ducked out of the way, and Blake just sent Dylan crashing off the apron into the mats below. And Tibbs, the Dylan, looks furious. Blake Tanner, he looks shocked, and Felix Ball is looking for an opportunity as he grabs the shocked Blake Tanner by the throat, lifting him with both hands before delivering the vicious gravity well choke slam, sending Blake into the mat. This is horrifying, Tibbs. Oh, sales! So that's that one moment of clarity. Oh, Felix Ball got out of the way at the right moment, and it might have just secured him the victory. That's right, and now Felix oh, actually opted not to go for the pin, and Felix is staring daggers into you, Tibbs. He's staring down at you as he grabs Blake Tanner by the ankle, and he's locked in the captain's hook. That finishing move you were known for, that you innovated, Tips. He has got Blake Tanner in the captain's hook, and Tanner is forced to tap. Blake is forced to tap. Tips, this is horrifying. So goddamn right, he's not even doing it well. That's right, unfortunately it does look like Felix Ball. Thanks to that, Captain's Hook is now entering the expiration Chamber match. And Blake Tanner looking furious, holding on to that injured ankle, slamming his fist into the mat, but... Oh wait, there it is, the Dylan. The, the compatriot of Blake Tanner coming into the ring and getting directly in Blake's face. Both members of the Dynasty getting into a screaming match. But wait a minute! Blake shoving Dylan away, but Dylan grabbing him once again, leveling him with a big vicious punch, Blake not letting up, both members of the dynasty in the ring right now brawling across the mat, we all knew it was going to break down Tim's, but I didn't know it would break bad this fast. No Stills, and it looks like Blake Tanner can still go, he's holding his own against the Dylan after that vicious match. It's like he's a man possessed. That's right, but wait, here he comes. Scotty Moore, the leader of the dynasty, rushing down to the ring, looking furious at both of these men, pulling apart Dylan and Blake. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. Scotty looks besides himself. He looks disappointed. I honestly don't think Scotty saw a world where Blake Tanner would lose this match tonight. What do you think? You know, I I don't know. Still, seeing Blake Tanner lose like this is... It's definitely an abnormality. That's right, but it looks like Scotty's not only disappointed in Blake, but Dylan as well. I mean, you got to think Dylan's job was to ensure Blake Tanner's victory in this match, and Dylan wasn't able to secure the victory for the Dynasty. So you got to think it's a very confusing time for Scotty Moore when it comes to his teammates in the Dynasty right now. Yes, this is a very hard position for Scotty Moore to manage. Neither of the other members are happy. And they both want to take it out on each other. That's right. But who knows? Maybe we'll hear from Scotty Moore next week. Possibly what that punishment is going to be for Blake Tanner that he alluded to. And then, of course, we've got more fallout from, the, uh, of course, all of the amazing matches we're going to see at the expiration date pay-per-view. We've got to see what's next. We need to hear from the JWF champion himself, Mamoa Curry. It's going to be an amazing episode of JWF Monday Night War. And you will fight, and we will see you for that next time on JWL's Monday Night War. So, Blake Tanner, I don't have a voice for some reason, but it's been a hell of an episode. Yep. What did you learn this week? I learned that the best dads are Rhodes' dads. That's <laughs> bad and I learned that the only person powerful enough to bring down the president is Eve Torres. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dylan can be found on Twitter, at Dick and Stormy. Blake, where can they find you? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the TheDarkRoomVidya, V-I-D-Y-A, on YouTube. You can find me here on the BS Network on all the podcasts that we do. Fight Boys, a load of BS, our flagship podcast, and you can hear me as a voice on Deviant. You've heard you multiple people on Deviant. Don't let yourself short there. You, N- many voices. You linguistic chameleon, you. Yeah. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Moe, S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. You can find all the shows Blake was just talking about online at a load of pure B-S dot com. And of course, as always, remember to support the show. But if you can't do it monetarily, we understand. Just leave us five stars on iTunes, Pod Chaser, wherever you review your podcast. Make sure to leave us a review there. It would mean the World to us and make sure to tell anybody you know that loves wrestling to check out the fight boys and as always you can find us at a load of purebs.com step up to the merch table at merch. Of pure BS.com. find us on facebook donate to the patreon subscribe on youtube and remember to follow us on twitter at fight boys show red shoes because when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life